Welcome, everybody, to another GD Podcast. This is your host, Guy DeMarco, and I am coming to you from the reloading room of my domicile. So it's been a crazy few weeks, so I thought once I got the kid to sleep and tucked away safely that I would come into the reloading room and throw down a little bit of a podcast, catch you guys up on what has been going on in the life of moi, both on the work side, on the boys therapy and all that craziness, and then as well as what we all love to talk about, shooting, reloading, um, competitions and etc so we will get the small fish out of the way now so as far as me and competitive shooting goes um i've shot i think it's been two matches since the last time i dropped a podcast maybe three matches uh three matches i shot bonifay i shot the nrl 22 at altus and then i shot bonifay again today so bonifay October match. I think I took third or fourth. Didn't have the greatest day. I had fun, but I didn't perform the way that I would have liked to. Uh, Came out third or fourth on that one. Still had a heck of a day. Great friends, great people. And then we decided to do something a little quirky and went down and went to the Piggly Wiggly and picked up the chicken boxes. Now they've got these little chicken boxes. It's um, a handful of chicken tenders, some steak fries, and then a hush puppy for like three fifty nine. And we just chip in five bucks to cover uh, food, as we like to call it. It's our Uber Eats fee, um, paying. Uh, Bree to run down to the Piggly Wiggly right down the street and go pick it up for us. Um, so we all kick in some cash. Uh, we started doing that in October and we've been having a whole lot of fun with it. Um, really, really good. Uh, had a lot of fun with it. So I'm trying to bring it up the scores right now and practice score to see where I actually finish in that match. Now these are shorter stages. They are shorter days. They're eight stages. Um, it's in Bonifay, Florida. So if you guys are looking to check out the PRS 22 matches in the southeast region of the country, Randy Galvin is the match director for this particular location. You can find him on Facebook at Doc Randy, but he is the match director for this specific PRS 22 match. Sorry, I got to drink a little bit of a. Uh whiskey and coke out of the foundation stocks cup um so that month there was six shooters and i came in three a third out of sixth um uh, i don't remember what the actual um total number of hits i think it's 80 yeah it's 80 points on the day and i finished with a 67 um and top shooter was uh Alex Roth, David Swedberg, myself, Jack, Pierce, Randy Galvin, and then Bree um, rounding out the six. So that was a really fun day. Had a lot of fun. Um, some different stages, some challenging stuff. So it was really fun to shoot that match back on October 10th. Once again, that's um, Bonifay Precision Challenge or 
Bonifay Precision Rimfire Challenge. It's the PRS 22 match. You can find them on the PRS actual website underneath the 22 section, uh, BPRC. And they those matches, eight stages, generally 80 rounds, side-in period, five bucks for lunch. It's a pretty good time. Um, and then the end of October, we had the... Or no, take that back. Um, second to last weekend, the 25th of October, we had the Altus NRL 22 Series match at Altus Shooting Solutions in uh, Northwest Florida, Baker area, and um, we burned it down. I was on fire. We had the general five stages for the NRL 22, and then we did five stages that I came up with, and I'm going to throw a shout-out to Spencer Berry because I pretty much copied some of his stages that he had in the Kestrel Fall Classic match um, the 16th, 17th, and 18th of October. I just took a page out of his playbook. I really liked how some of those stages ran, so we just ran them in the 22 match um, for the five additional stages, and it turned out really, really well. Um, I will say that that has been my best performance in an NRL 22 match when I'm actually shooting against somebody else besides myself. Some people will get that joke. Some won't. Um, but yeah, I finished, uh, it was a very close match. I shot extremely well all day and then I fell apart on the last two stages of the NRL 22 cause we went and shot the field matches, the field match stages and then we went and shot the NRL 22 stuff in the afternoon. And it's my fault. Nobody to blame but myself. Um, I made a mental mistake of uh, letting somebody get inside my head. Um, and uh, basically what happened is um, I was on squad one, squad two, finished shooting, came up and said, hey, squad two's finished. Here's our scores. We're leaving. And I was like, hey, did you guys tear anything down? And they're like, nope, we left it all up. So that was with uh, two stages to go for the NRL 22. And it was already late in the day. We'd already been kind of running behind. I was a little, I got a little frustrated and let that affect my overall performance. Um, I believe we, I was getting ready to shoot the NRL stage where you had to like walk it out for six rounds and then walk it back in for six rounds or whatever it was. And, um, I got like a six or something like that on, on a shot of 50% for the, for the stage. Uh, not a good performance in my book at all. Um, was pretty upset with myself. And then I was like, well, I got to go pull all those other targets down. So um, let's just go ahead and I'll load a mag and then we'll shoot. I'll shoot the next stage. And it's, the next stage that we had set up was the bucket where you had to grab a piece of candy, drop it in the bucket, say trick or treat, and then engage a three inch and then like a two inch or something like that, at like 80 yards. And I hit all of the three inch targets and I missed every single one of the two inch targets. Um, and it, I, it, it was just a mental mistake to let my frustration get the better half of me. And I rushed my stage prep. I rushed my thought process while I was physically shooting, I was looking at it and just like, what the hell are you doing? Just freaking get it over with, get it done with, go pick this crap up. Um, and then turns out as uh, I'm tabulating the scores and I'm putting everything into practice score, I'm like, hey, I actually did pretty good today. 
hey, I'm doing pretty decent. And then as I hit, you know, score results or whatever the 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 button that you press is, um, I see the winner is Alex Roth. Hats off to him. He shot an amazing match with a 720.11 on the day, and I had a 720. He beat me by 0.11 points, and that equates to one impact. If I would have slowed down and gotten one hit on that last stage, the bucket candy stage, if I would have just slowed down and gotten one impact instead of just rushing it and saying whatever... I could have won my first NRL 22 match that had a significant amount of people at it. We had 18 people at that match. And normally I'm finishing halfway through the pack or, you know, top half, top 10 or, you know, top six, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I've never been uh, second like that. And I've never been first either. So I'm really upset with myself that I let that get into my head and put a mental distraction in to my game plan in the middle of my shooting. I generally don't let that happen or try not to let that happen, but today or that day it got the better of me. Um, and then I just made sure that I wrote that down and pressed forward. And then I'm going to skip the main event, which is the AG Cup, which is the whole point of this podcast. But we're going to jump ahead and we're going to hop into today's match, which was the November Bonifay Precision Rimfire Challenge, um, where we had 10 shooters from all over the, the panhandle. We had Panama City, Fort Walton Beach, Crestview, Bonifay. Um, I don't know if we had anybody out of Pensacola because Alex wasn't there, but we had people from Mobile. Um, show up. One of our friends, Tyler, who's trying to put a a match together out there, Silver Creek uh, Range, he's putting some matches together out there where um, he does all cash prize for the payouts for the winners. Uh, First, second, third, all get paid. So that's super awesome and super impressive. Um, So I'm going to try and kick some more info out on that as I get the deets. Uh, January should be a pretty big match. I think the cash payout is going to be like 3,500 bones. So, um, I'm going to see if I can like link their Facebook or whatever, their Instagram to the, uh, show notes. So you guys can hit them up and see what that's about for January. Whiskey's my foundation tonight. And then, yeah, so we went out there today and, um, I, elected to jump back into production class because I literally just built this CZ and I didn't want to just stick it in the gun safe and not use it. So I decided to bring the CZ 457 out. I still had the ammo for it, although I did have some action screw issues. I had to replace the action screws because I'm a big dummy. Um, So I replaced the action screws. Everything was going right in the world shooting pretty tight group. I didn't even measure it, but it was pretty tight group when I zeroed it. Um, and then she ran like a, uh, like a rape tape all day. It was great. Um, just a little, uh, note here as I'm looking at it, I'm running. So this particular model is 
a production class weapon for the PRS, but it also doubles as a base class gun for the NRL 22, keeping the for the NRL 22 the the dollar amount is uh, ten uh, one thousand fifty dollars for scope and rifle, and for production in PRS 22 it's fifteen hundred. So I'm playing the best of both worlds with that. And what I've got is I've got a CZ 457 Varmint Pro or Pro Varmint which is in the Boyd synthetic wood stock. It's a 16 and a half inch barrel that is threaded at the end. I'm running a Sparrow uh, 22 from Silencer Co. I took it to Altus Shooting Solutions and had the gunsmith there mill out the bottom of the stock so I could mount an Area 419 Arca rail to the bottom of it. I'm running a Area 41930 MOA scope base, Vortex rings with a Bushnell Match Pro 6-24 to on it. Um, I think it's a really good scope and it fits the price point for NRL 22. I'm also running a Victor Company Cheek Riser. And then let's see what else am I gonna got on this. I've got Hub City Outdoors, uh, Clipazine holder, Hub City Outdoors, Dope Card holder, and then a Hub City Outdoors um, 3D printed with a six mil screw insert bolt handle uh, bolt knob. I normally run the CZ457 bolt knob from Area 419, but I wanted to give my buddy some props and some daps and see what he came up with. Um, so I ran, I went ahead and swapped that out and put that on. But that thing, you know, tack driver, it, um, it, it, it held true. I'm running about a uh, thousand sixty-three feet per second. Um, got my dope was straight on all day. Uh, not too much wind. Everything was was pretty good. I was fortunate to um, clean approximate. I cleaned four stages and then I took first on two other stages so i ended up with a match win today first place first out of 10 um super super humble about it i didn't think i was going to have it i dropped i had a ca catastrophic failure um with uh, some of my equipment so i didn't i thought i dropped out of the running because i dropped four points on one stage which i wasn't really doing at all all day and i know the competition that was there was mighty tough with rudy and david so I just I thought I dropped myself out of it and I wasn't um, I wasn't happy about it. But um, I ended up getting um, seventy impacts out of eighty possible, so an eighty-seven point five um, hit factor, I guess is what you would call it. Um, so first place with myself at a uh, seventy impacts. So myself first place with seventy. I'm going to bring up the actual. I've got it right here because I saved it. Uh, myself at 70, Rudy with 68, and then James with a 66, uh, Randy with a 64, David with a 63, Jeremy with a 63, Tyler uh, with a 60, Bree with a 55, a 49 from uh, Harrison with a servos uh gunsmithing and then jack with a 40 jack was having some firearms malfunctions today but we took care of him and um 
got him pushed through the rest of the day, um, finished strong, and then he actually just ordered one of the new Azmiths from Team POI. So shout out to Cole for being able to secure one of those for a local Florida 22 shooter. So super cool about that. Um, and then I worked up some loads last night at like 11 o'clock at night for my new PMR Pro that came in. I was able to get that unboxed, take it out to the, I got a scope mounted on it, took it out to the range after we were done planking with the 22s. It brought out the big 22 and uh, was able to do a seating depth test. I just threw a random charge of powder that I knew was right in the middle of the safe zone for Shooter's World Powder 20 to 25, uh, 20 grain low, 25 max. And I just loaded it at 22.5 because I knew it would be safe and loaded it up and did a seating depth test from 20 thou to 50 thou off the lands and came up with 20 thou was uh, showed per some pretty good promise with some a little bit of vertical string and then um 40 thou grouped uh extremely well i had a flyer in each group and once you take the flyer out that was sub moa i was think i was 0.63 at uh, 20 thou and i was 0.71 or something like that at the uh, 40,000s off the off the lands. So I'm going to play with both of them as I do my powder test now and figure out my optimum, optimum charge weight uh, for that. And then hopefully I can get uh, I can get that thing loaded up and compete in the Altus uh, long range challenge finale in production class. I think that would be really cool if um, everything goes right. That should happen. Um, but yeah, everything ran super, super great. I'm going to be doing some reviews on some gear that I tested out that I look, I recently purchased some and got some sent to me to test out. So look forward to doing those reviews and getting those posted up on either Long Range Tactics, Instagram page, or my YouTube channel, um, YouTube slash Guy DeMarco. So the reason we're here is to talk about the AG cup and how awesome it was. So first off my hat is once again off to Mr. Tom Fuller. Um, Tom created this match last year and it was awesome. It was a great time, big party. Everything was rocking now with COVID and all this craziness and the times that we're in, um, we knew that it was going to happen. We just didn't know how it was going to happen. So, ugh, excuse me. So I once again volunteered my uh, myself to be at Tom's disposal for whatever he needed. Um, although it was tricky getting up there, I actually had to do a full threat assessment, present it to my command, have my command sign off on it, have the training office where I work sign off on it, stating that I uh, – the location that I was going to and the interactions that I would be having and the safeguards that I had put in place were going to be sufficient to where I would not catch the COVIDs. And sure enough, I didn't catch the COVIDs. Um, but I had to jump through a lot of hula hoops to get there. But I made it there. I arrived on Thursday, uh, got all settled in. I wasn't on the ground more than three minutes before I got put to work, which is just the way I like it. I was there to work and boy, did I do it. Um, yeah, so Thursday rolled in, 
Um, it's at a, uh, arena training facility, which if you've never been there, it's like 2,400 acres of shooting and just bliss. The, the known range, the unknown distance range, the shoot tower, the props, the targets, everything you can think about uh, what a training facility is for not only local competitions, but also military training between the shoot houses and master breacher and the lodging that's on site and the clubhouse and the lakes and the gator and everything else like that. Yeah. The gator, um, just amazing, really nice facility. Um, super, super cool, super clean, everything taken care of want for nothing besides wind cheater, which I definitely drank a lot of, but definitely a good time. Um, so I rolled in Thursday, automatically went to work, putting up, uh, banners on the unknown distance range, came back shooters meeting, uh, dinner. And then we rolled into the RO briefing or what we needed to be doing as ROs X, Y, Z. So we got rolled in there and I got designated as one of the, one of the lead ROs for the event, um, for, day one of shooting because we had 42 shooters on day one competing in the ag cup and we had i think they broke down into five or six squads uh to get through the 10 stages on the day everything ran really really smoothly the connectivity of the ipads with the live scoring was amazing and i'll touch on that in a minute um but yeah, everything was super great. Got to see a bunch of friends. Got to hang out with a bunch of people. Um, social distancing, of course, on my end. Hand sanitizer, face mask, all that other stuff. You guys saw that I went live a bunch of time. A bunch of times. I'm gonna splice in a bunch of the interviews into this. It's gonna be a great time. Um, yeah. So woke up Friday because it was three days of shooting. Um, so each day there was a cut. So 42 shooters on day one, 25 on day two, and 12 on day three for the $30,000. So on day one, got put on a stage. Uh, Mr. Phil Cashin was my, um, my backup glass, and then Tom's daughter uh, ended up being my... Uh, shot timer keeper uh, iPad guru and it was super awesome um, we ran you know 42 shooters throughout the day 105 second par times now one thing I will say is apparently Blakely Georgia arena does not get the kind of wind that showed up on day one of the competition uh, apparently you get three to five on a bad day, eight mile an hour winds at arena. And we had solid 15 mile an hour winds pretty much all day on Friday, the first day of the competition. And there were a lot of low scores, um, not a lot of clean, uh, clean runs of targets, which was surprising because he's the best 42 shooters in the country. And, um, it wasn't going well for some of them and you could definitely see the frustrations and then 
uh, there was a lot of ties because of this, uh, even though we were going off points or impacts and time, the impacts counted. Um, so if somebody got, you know, out of a hundred shots, there was, you know, six people that tied at 72. Um, we didn't want to cut anybody or Tom didn't want to cut anybody that got a 72. So we ended up taking a few more into day two than originally planned. And that led to, um, some disagreements or some, uh, some thoughts on how it was ran, but at the end of the day, Tom made the decision what was best for the competition and best overall for all competitors. So he made the decision to bring some more shooters into day two than I guess originally planned. I don't know. I was, you know, I was working. I was, you know, setting stuff up, hanging stuff over on the, the unknown distance range, getting things prepped, charging iPads, battery chargers, everything like that. So I don't know a lot of the inner workings on how that happened. And frankly, I don't care. Um, that's between the people that had the, the disagreement and Tom. But I know that we started with 42 shooters and on day two, we started with uh, 25. Once again, the food was all catered and it was all amazing and it was a great time. And um, Eddie and his staff, Eddie and Miss Beth, um, the staff there at Arena was amazing between the catered food and all of the open bar for umpteen days and wanting for nothing and everything else like that. It was a really, really good time. Uh, live band, live music on Saturday night. Um, great time. On uh, After we cut a large portion of the shooters, you know, we went from 42 shooters to 25 a lot of them did stick around for day two uh, a couple of the shooters that uh, were no longer uh, contestants uh, competitors in the event stayed around and a lot of them actually helped me on day two with spotting because mr phil had a uh, another engagement that he needed to be at on a saturday so uh, he went back up to to his part of georgia and handled his business and i worked with a couple of shooters that um shot on day one that did not continue to day two and everything was fine um you know there was uh there was a lot of targets that apparently were hard to see maybe one was skylined whatever the mirage was real bad it was still real windy um seeing targets at farther distances was difficult but it was um you could definitely tell when a target was impacted and when a target was not impacted. Um, and I don't think that it was expected that the conditions were going to be as poor as they were, but you know, that's why they call it shooting and not hitting. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say on that one, but day two, it did come down to a shoot off on day two, which was uh, crazy. Um, once again, I didn't get to see that because I was ROing a different stage, but uh, I believe it came down to a shoot off on who was moving in to day three, the final day or not. But it was a lot of fun. It was super, super interesting to see the dynamic of how that all worked. Now, 
for day two, it was um, it was getting down to the last shooters, and John Pinch and David Preston were tied, um, or right at being tied for first. If uh, like John Pinch needed a seven or something like that to take first place, if he got a six, he would have tied. Um, but he needed a seven. Uh, to get into first place and bump David uh, Preston from Gray Ops down into second place. And I think those were some of the most tense moments for uh, Dave Preston in a competition because a $5,000 check hung in the balance. So at the end of the day, John Pinch was able to secure enough impacts to move him into first place. And he was awarded the $5,000 check for a first place finish on day two. So John Pinch finished first of 25, and we were taking the top 12 into day three. Um, super interesting um, dynamic, how they had it all play out. Now, one thing, how we knew he was so many uh, points off from taking the lead was the whole match had live scoring going on. So they had a 42-inch flat-screen TV hooked up to uh, a generator being powered. Brandon Haywood nerded out and hooked up an entire Wi-Fi freaking network on the ranges and was able to have a repeater. And basically what he would do is he would sit there with the master iPad and then we would call him and say, hey, you know, stage four squad complete. And he would suck all of the scores from practice score from our iPad back to the master, load it, and then sync that to another iPad. Or no, he would take a screenshot or something like that of the current standings, airdrop it to the other iPad, and then put that image on the TV screen so you could literally walk by and see where you were currently ranked on the shooter list of 42, 25, or 12 throughout the entire weekend. And then on day one and day two, there was a red cutoff line. And if you fell below the line, you knew you were in jeopardy of being cut. And I think that definitely played with a lot of competitors' heads. Um, to sit there and, you know, walk by this TV and see your name, Guy DeMarco, in 28th place, and you know that they're only taking the top 25. That definitely adds a psychological factor to the whole game of do I shoot for my points? Do I try and get stage wins and get the $1,000 per stage win? What's my strategy? Is that going to affect my mental game as far as mental errors go? How is that going to affect my thought process going into each stage and continuing in the match? So I know I had a conversation with Robert Brantley, and he said that he looked at it on day one and day two, and it messed with him. So day three, he just didn't pay it any mind. He never walked by it. He never looked at it. He never succumb to wanting to know how he was shooting he just shot his match shot his game and then he ended up finishing second overall for the match and getting a nice check for it so i think it 
was interesting, and I hope they continue to do it in the future. But it was very interesting to see the live scoring aspect and the huge crowd that the TV gathered to see, you know, hey, who's in first? You know, is it going to be John? Is it going to be David? Is it going to be Robert? Is it going to be Austin? Who's it going to be? So it was very interesting to see uh, what happened and how the whole uh, event played out. And then day three rolled around. We took the top 12 shooters. Um, We actually took the top 10 shooters and then two redemptions. And sidebar for Redemptions for a moment. So Redemptions were really interesting because Tom didn't want to just take the top top 20 and then the top 10. He wanted your performance over the season to count as well. So there were eight qualifying AG matches over the entire season of the PRS. And you had to shoot. You didn't have to. You could have shot one. You should have could have shot two. Whatever was going to secure it you enough points to move into the AG cup. And I believe next year they're going to make it a minimum of three matches that you shoot. But, um, for example, uh, Jake Vibbert only shot two matches from my recollection, uh, or from my understanding this year. And he scored enough points to secure a slot into the AG cup. Now, if he would have shot a third match, he may have had enough points to get him redemption from day two's performance to get him into day three's performance. So basically what they did is they took your entire performance over the entire course of the AG Cup qualifiers and your performance on day one or day two of the AG Cup. And if your total points beat out the other person, then you got the redemption slot and you were able to move on to the next day. And I know that happened, I think, with Brian Brian Allen and with Robert Brantley on day one and day two, or vice versa, based on the person. Um, they were brought back on redemption based on their series performance. And I thought that was a different aspect and a neat aspect of how Tom configured this match. Now, on day three... It was the top 10 plus two redemptions, so it was 12 total shooters, uh, two squads of six, and you would think two squads, six members apiece, you know, 10 stages, we would be done somewhat quickly, and I can tell you that that was not a chance in hell. When there's $30,000 on the line and people get a five-minute stage walk through and then they get 30 seconds on glass before they shoot and then they got to make sure that they got this i'm not saying that anybody intentionally drew out the day but you should be able to shoot 10 stages rather quickly at a professional level maybe i'm just maybe it's just me but we planned on finishing Tom planned on finishing a lot earlier than uh, we ended up finishing. There was problems with target cams. I totally understand that. There was problems with targets and a target went down. I totally understand that. And I understand being able to use your full 105 second par times. And I totally understand that. I just thought that they was going to go a little bit faster, and I think Tom did too. But 
that's fine. It is what it is. We finished when we finished and everything was right with the world. Um, at the end of the day, Austin, why I just blanked his last name. I'm sorry, dude. Um, Austin Orgain. Thank you. Austin Orgain, um, won the AG cup, burned it down on day three, performed super solid all weekend and just dominated on day three. Robert Brantley, like I said, his thought process was to not look at the scoreboard the whole day, not look at anything else. I really, really wanted to kind of jump up and down and pat him on the back for getting a stage win on my stage, but I I knew he'd had another stage or two to shoot, and I didn't want to mess with his head, so I just stayed quiet. Um... And he ended up finishing second, and Tate Streeter finished third. Um, So solid performance out of everybody. Um, It's probably some of the most difficult conditions I've had to RO in, and definitely some of the most difficult uh, conditions I've seen people actually have to shoot in. So it was very interesting to see how the top shooters in the country – handled these challenges that were thrown at him. And I just, you know, my hats off to him. Um, one, it's basically four days off of work to come shoot one match instead of your general one day. You're, you know, you take Friday off, you fly out late Thursday, get there early Friday morning, whatever, blah, 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 sight in day, shoot Friday or Saturday, Sunday, leave after the award ceremony and get back home, back to work on Monday. But this one, sight-in day was on Thursday, so you get there Thursday, shoot Friday, Saturday, Sunday, perform all weekend, and then try and get home. Um, crazy time, so uh, I commend the shooters on being able to to do that. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a career path that I'm allowed to take my leave, um, even if I have to jump through a hoop or two to get it, but jump through some hoops, be able to take some leave, take some precautions, not get COVID and, uh, move about, you know, as easy as we can, I guess. Um, but yeah, for these competitors come down here and, and do this and shoot this match and take the time off of work and give guys like me an opportunity to meet these guys and have conversations with them, uh, was super, super fortunate, super cool. Um, I also thought it was super cool that there was other media, um, outlets per se covering the event. Um, John Scouten of Shooting USA was there on Sunday to film and do his gig for Shooting USA on Sunday. But the shooter's mindset was covering the entire event from Sunday or from Thursday through Sunday. They were there, boots on the ground, doing lives, doing interviews, miking shooters up, doing everything that they needed to do to make sure that this was covered and covered, um, effectively. I know that the, um, precision rifle media was also there and they were doing interviews and doing Facebook and IG lives, which was super cool. I attempted to go live on Facebook as many times as I could during, uh, not only the day, but also during the night for some of the awards and um, the fireworks and the band and Robert Brantley getting up on stage and just 
burning it down on the guitar. Um, just a great time. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's my, it's my vacation. Um, once a year, um, I know the wife's going to be pissed if she actually listens to this, but the AG cup is my vacation. Um, yeah, it's one thing to go to the range for a day, but I still come home. Um, I'm in a position where I don't go TDY anymore. So this is the, um, breaks up the monotony for me, whatever. It's my own little mini vacation. Um, maybe I'm selfish. Well, I know I'm selfish. If she listens to this, she's going to definitely kill me. Um, but Hey, I had a lot of fun. Um, so the match was over. Um, some people had to dip out. They had flights, uh, connections, uh, Morgan King had to be back in school at veterinary school Monday morning. So he left a little early, uh, before the awards X, Y, Z before dinner. Um, uh, we had a whole pulled, uh, a smoked, smoked pig, uh, full pig got smoked and it was delicious. Um, yeah, just, just a great time. Great company, great people. Um, great event, great times, great stories, fed the gator. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's having a good time. Um, no drama, uh, that I experienced, um, Brandon smoked two pigs, uh, and by smoked him, I mean, gave him a dirt nap, um, with his thermals and his night vision. So Recky recon, uh, Ninja seal team six with his bump helmets and night vision. Um, he made it work and put down two pigs. That was super awesome. Uh, congrats, Brandon. That's super cool. Um, I got to use my phone scope and spot some deer from the side of the road. So that was super cool. Talked to a bunch of people, got some insight on how to make my podcast better. Just a really, really good time and got to see some people that I hadn't seen in a long time and have fun with it. And I know Tom was appreciative and he says it, you know, up one side and down the other. But I went up there to help out and to have fun and be a part part of something bigger than myself, which is always fun and cool, especially when you're doing it with something that you're passionate about and you love. And I truly do love this community. It's amazing. I know that I could, you know, DM, you know, 20, 30, 40 people right now with a question and I can probably get an answer back in 20, 30 minutes, um, whether it be scopes or rifles or chambers or, uh, bullets or components or reloading or gear, whatever it may be, any question that I have, I, I've, I know I've got 40 plus people that will, that will reply, um, to any given question that I, I, I post to them. And I don't know of another community that I could do that. Like, yeah, you put some stuff out on Facebook and you ask a question, you may get like your keyboard warriors answering your question, but it's really cool when you can actually have people that know what they're talking about give you advice or point you in the right direction. So that's super cool. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to splice in a conversation that I had. If my mouse will work, I can figure out who it's with. All right, this is Tucker Schmidt, and this is a conversation that we had on Day two, so this is Saturday of the AG Cup. This is an interview that I did sidebar with Tucker Schmidt, and I hope you guys like it. Enjoy. Stand by. 
Hi folks, I'm Guy, and you're joining me between two Armageddon Gear hats, because I'm super unoriginal. I bet you I didn't turn the microphone on, let's try that again. I didn't. See? <laughs> Complete crap show, but it's still fun. Alright, I'm here with Tucker Schmidt, who was able to solidify his finish today and be in for day three of the Armageddon Gear Cup 2020. So, how are you feeling knowing that you're going into day three? I'm feeling good. I mean, really the goal was to get through days one and two because I did single day elimination. It was stressful the whole time. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to get through that day three and try to get, get a payday, you know? That, that is correct. That's very true. Um, how did you perform day one, like, first day of the AG Cup? How do you think you performed going into it? Where did you finish compared to today? So yesterday was day one. Um, I got there, I started off great. I only dropped one shot on the first stage and these were all very intense technical stages. So I was happy with that. And the second stage was, a, I think a 10 round stage. I think I got a one. <laughs> so I thought there was an issue, something. I went to the zero range, shot a perfect zero and then just checked a couple things, went back and I got a zero on the next stage, which is also a 10 round stage, I believe. So then I knew there was another issue. So I, I, I had an issue, I got it worked out. And uh, after that I shot really well. So really my issues were there was some equipment stuff happening and I, other than that I shot really good. So I squeaked by the skin of my teeth, got through day one. And today was a little different, I shot pretty solid throughout the day and uh, ended up finishing eight. On to tomorrow, I think there's 12 total going in and see how it goes. Okay, so you got in there today, Explain the last stage of the day <laughs> to the viewers that may not have seen it on another live stream. Got you. So they had a leaderboard up the entire time. Everybody's watching this leaderboard. I try to stay away from it because it just brings out pressure. There's a lot of exactly. money on the line, and these are the top shooters in the country. So, I mean, there's, there's pressure already. So the leaderboard's up. I know I need to get a six to get in for sure. Uh, it's eight-round stage. Everybody's watching. I mean, it's last shooter or two, so everybody's there. And, uh... So I go to shoot and get all my stuff together, go to shoot. The very first shot, I shoot at the wrong target. Well, <laughs> the very first shot. So uh, I needed to hit, you know, six out of seven. Luckily, you know, I shot them all uh, and ended up doing okay. But it was funny because you know, the range is always very noisy and it got very quiet. Everybody was paying close attention because where I finished decided some others as well. So there's a lot of people watching. It was a dramatic kind of finish for sure. But it worked out, so I'm happy you made it. So you made it in. Where did you finish today? I was 8 out of 12. So 8 out of 12. Out of the top 12. Out of the top 12, right. Because there was, what, 20? I think there was 29 total. 29 shooters yeah. today. Okay. So we started at 42, 29, and now we're down to the final 12. Final 12. One more push. Right. And we started on the KD range. We were at the unknown distance range today, and now we're going back to the KD range. That's correct. Yep. Do you feel comfortable going in tomorrow? Like, yeah. What, I mean, my equipment, your... Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, yeah, go I for mean, it. Uh, the equipment's all running good, man. The zero's good. My dad is good. So, uh, I mean, the rest is really up to me. I just got to hit the targets. Okay, so who are you shooting for then? 
uh, like sponsor wise? Yeah. Uh, I have, well, you're shooting for yourself. <laughs> right, so right, you can go, right. go buy yourself something nice. Right, right. Right. Yeah, give the wife some money for all this money I spent. But uh, I, mean, I shoot for quite a few companies. The ones that really sponsored this match are Masterpiece Arms and Focash, and they do a lot for a lot of these PRS matches, and these are really great guys. Yes. Uh, Vortex Optics, most people know them. They, uh, they sponsor every match on the planet. If you have a match that has, you know, people attending, they will they will sponsor the match. So everybody knows how much they do, and they are very appreciative. And then, uh, you know, Federal Ammunition is also okay. a sponsor of mine. They do a lot. And, uh, all the three of those companies are very family-friendly, awesome, awesome companies to work for. So I'm definitely honored to kind of be a small part of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So equipment's running good. You're running good. You got in there today. You know, even with a small hiccup on that stage, you were still able to pick it up and, and, and pull out what you needed to move on to day three. Um, is there anything that you do, like, pre-stage or pre-match to get your, your, mental, your mental head game in, so normally in the right I, spot? Normally I train a whole lot leading up to a match, especially one of this magnitude, you know. So I had, I mean, it was an interesting week leading up to this. So last week I was shooting handgun, USPSA Open National. So I was shooting that on the weekend. Down in Frostburg? Down in Frostburg, Okay. Yeah. Took the whole week off before that to get this ready. Ended up having some issues with... Uh, barrels I had there was just I just couldn't get stuff quite right uh, so I took basically three days to get all that right shot a bunch of rounds and, you know it was just a fiasco getting here and then I had the other issues so I'm very lucky I'm like the underdog story here trying to make it through so uh, everything got worked out just in time like it's supposed to and uh, it'll be exciting to see how tomorrow goes awesome well I appreciate you yep thanks for sitting down with yes me. sir no really problem. appreciate it and you have a good night thank you man I Enjoy appreciate it Okay, folks, that was Tucker Schmidt shooting for MPA, Vortex, and Federal. Next up on the block, we have Morgan King, a young and upcoming shooter on the PRS circuit that is just burning it down. If you don't know about Tucker Schmidt, I just talked about Tucker Schmidt. Now I'm talking about Morgan King. If you don't know about Morgan King, you're wrong. Um... This guy, wow. Uh, this conversation was really interesting. Not only is he rodeo, not only is he a full-time student, but he's also a PRS competitor and going into day three of the AG Cup. So let's talk to him. No. No. Yeah. We're just going to send it because that's what I do. Send it. Hey, guys. It's Guy again, if you couldn't tell with the whole mascus. We got Morgan King here. He has been burning it down on the precision rifle circuit, whether it be PRS or NRL. Um, he has won a bunch of matches on top of going to school and rodeo. So I don't know if you could tell if he's a little bit cowboy-esque in the appearance. Than the average shooter, I think. Yeah, cowboy boots, a big old buckle, and a brush popper with logos on it. Um, yeah, you, you get along with my dad, great. Um, so first off, where are you from? Like, originally, like, what do you do now? I'm from Kaysville, Utah. Uh, I've been there pretty much my whole life. I, I mean, I was born, I was actually born in Florida, and then I was only there for six days, and then we go to Oklahoma for a while, and then when I was seven, we moved, or six, we moved back to Utah. I've been there ever since. That's where my par parents, my family, everybody's from. So. Okay, okay, and then... Um, you've been doing rodeo for how long? I've rodeoed since I was little. Uh, 
We started up Junior Rodeo on... So like junior. riding the sheep and stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you gotta, gotta have that. You gotta be there. <laughs> From riding sheep to what do you ride now? I rope calves. Okay, so you're roping. Okay. Yeah. And I usually rope calves a lot. Like that's like... Uh, honestly, that's usually the main thing I do. And I had been doing that until this year uh, with the COVID deal. Right. Shut down like a lot of roads because they're put on by cities. Exactly. And counties and stuff. And so when it first come out there in June, that May, June deal, mm-hmm. I didn't know if I'd be able to rodeo much because a lot of them were postponed. And big rodeos were getting moved in right. August. And they were, so I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to rodeo much with starting vet school. Okay. Uh, so we started vet school um, there at the end of August. And so I'm thinking, well, I don't know. And so I, I was going to buy my pro card, and then I just kind of was like, well, started shooting, started winning matches, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to. This is working out well. This. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hard to deny the results. So I'm like, well, I'll just keep doing that. Started flying around, shooting more matches. And that's where you got the idea to do a, instead of a shooter's jersey, you did a shooter's brush popper. Yeah, well. I got to know the story behind the brush popper jersey. Well, I, I mean, if you've been in the sport, you know, uh, guys start wearing a jersey when they start getting some sponsors. and Because, they, you know, I, I kind of felt obligated because, I, you know, I show, shoot for some different companies and, and, you know, I start going to matches and start winning some matches. And here I am, first place, and holding the trophy in the pitchers, you know, and there's a bunch of guys with jerseys around me. And there I am, just holding the thing in my, in my, uh, in my button up, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, I, I should probably do something <laughs> to, uh, to, like, make this, like, you know, I tag them in the pitchers or whatever afterwards, but, but like, uh, you know, people don't really know. It's kind of, right. kind of flying on the radar, so I'm like, well, I don't want to wear a jersey though, so I so uh, figure I'm gonna wear what I usually wear. And if you if you ever been to any rodeos, you see any guys. Yep. This is basically the way it looks. Now. They do yeah. they do it too. So they you know they'll put them on on their button up shirts and stuff like that. Last time I was at a rodeo was like 1996. Well, so it's been it's been a little while. They did it then even too. Yeah, <laughs> on their kick proof vests. Oh yeah, well yeah. now they put them on. So if you're riding rough stock, they put them on your vest, but. And some of them have them on their sleeves and stuff too, but uh, if you're like roping, like I rope, roping calves and stuff, you don't wear any protective equipment, so you just put shirt on your shirt and go, I mean, and it, it's pretty prevalent, I mean, in, in that deal. So it's, it, if I was roping right now, I would look completely normal. Like I would look like, <laughs> I, I'd look like I have a shooter's jersey on at the AG couch. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so who are you shooting for? I shoot for uh, Leopold Optics. Okay. Uh, Lone Peak Arms. Lone Peak. Um, I shoot for Freeze Precision. Okay. And rifle Builder out of Utah builds my guns. Um, shoot for Armageddon Gear. Tom. Yep. Guy makes the best bags in the business. That he does. And then I shoot for. Um, oh, and gotta look at my. Gotta gosh, look at my. Gotta look. See, that's what it's that's really bad. for. Yeah, that's. I gotta remind you. Like, dang it! What it was the last one? Yeah, MPA. I don't know how you forget MPA. Yeah, I mean, they're the everywhere. best chassis company there is. I mean, honestly, Bill makes... I have three of them it, now. It's, it's hard to beat them. Like, honestly, you can't. You, can, you, can, you can't beat them. You can find one that comes close, but you can't find anything that beats them. Uh, they're just... He's irrelevant. He he's a shooter. Yep. You know, and he, and he goes to matches. He, he sponsors some of the best shooters in the country, so he knows. And he can ask them and, and see, like, hey, what's works? What's What do we need to do to keep up and, and stay ahead? And he can change things on the fly. That's one of the things that 
you know, I think a lot of companies don't do or can't do whatever they don't they don't stay quite up. Okay. As far as like what do you, if I'm if I'm sending this chassis out, what do I gotta what is what does it gotta be so that this guy if I if I send it to him he matches right. and they they got it. Okay, so what are you using for uh, ammo and what are you using for a trigger? Uh kinda of whatever like mood. Whatever the mood is. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, trigger-wise, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty easy going. Right now, it's a Trigger Tech Diamond. Okay. I run it pretty light, right around four to six ounces. I noticed it on the PRS barricade. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you gotta let it roll. You just gotta let it go. You let it go. I mean, I saw a lot of people letting it go, and they were getting close. And then you, you took the lead on it. And then it was a short lead. Like, it was short lead, like eight minutes. Yeah, it was I don't great. know if it was eight minutes. So <laughs> maybe maybe thirty seconds, but yeah, you, you you burned it down, and then somebody burned it down. It was still on fire, and they just finished it off. The last three shooters. Yeah, son of a gun. Freaking Austin rolls up there. I, I figured there's no way that he's gonna he's gonna strap a bag on. He never does that. Right. And I so I go up there because I, I I hate strapping bags on my gun. But in that situation, I could see how you know if you had to get, if you had to be below where I was at, maybe maybe you needed to do that. So I, but I go up there and I run it pretty. I mean, usually at that time when you go to a match, that's gonna win the Paris skill stage unless I can't remember the, the top the army twenty dudes. the top twenty seven dudes in the country are all here trying shooting to win. that same stage. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I think Cameron Robinson. I think it's Robinson, the army guy. He shoots for uh, the uh, the AMU. Yeah, AMU. Okay. And that guy, I swear. Oh, no, Peterson. Yeah, Peterson. Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson. I don't know why I Peterson. He, I swear, that's he only shoots those stages to practice. I swear, because like. Uh, oh I yeah, I've seen him. He burns it down. It is amazing to watch, honestly. So funny. So funny story. Two weeks ago at the Kessel match. We were running a PRS skill stage, and it was one, two, three, three, two, one. 400 yards, 10-inch target, 15 yards behind the gun, all that jazz. And he goes, one, two, three, three, two, miss. Miss. Finally hits it on his third engagement of the uh, of that final target, and he still shot it in 21 seconds. His, if he would have hit the first engagement of that target, he would have won. Because oh, yeah. the fastest time was 16.44. He did it in, like, 16.20. That's crazy. Stupid fast. It was awesome. Yeah, so, Scott, if you're watching, I still love you. It's okay. Uh, he's fast. He's, There's no he's doubt fast. about that. That guy is fast. So, how long, how long have you been shooting? Me? Uh, like, this is the first year I've really gone for it. Okay. Know, like, uh, last year I shot... A handful of matches, I actually got my first PRS win last year. Okay. Um, at the, the kind of the beginning of the year, I think, I think March, something like that, in California. One, okay. One uh, match there, and that kind of said, oh, hey, you can hang with them. Okay. And so, and then I shot a little bit, but not a ton. Enough to make the finale, but nothing to, to do To write, write home about, yeah, and this year you just said full send because of Corona. Pretty much, yeah. And now you're at the AG Cup. Yep, yep, yeah. Pretty much, uh, most match. I don't think I. Most time when I kind of stick my hand in the ring, it's usually I'm usually right there. So. Okay, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Well, so you did get on day one. You finished. Decent. What seventh today? Yeah. Okay, seventh today. 
and then we got tomorrow. So I'm just getting warmed up. Just getting warmed up, getting, yeah. the, oh, getting yeah. the finger prepped. I honestly been hunting for the last month uh, and going to school, so I haven't slept a lot. I didn't sleep the two days coming into this. And then, so you're, and then I got in at four in the morning. So now, so last night I got twelve hours of sleep. Shoot, I crashed. I almost didn't wake, make it here this morning. So, I so you're so, gonna, so you're literally just gonna finish this and then go straight to bed, get another twelve hours, and you're gonna be great. Oh hell yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep like a little baby tonight. You gotta make it up where you can, right? And then, uh, it's just oh, like yeah, having exactly. kids. I got one of them too this year. Oh my lord! So that's what I'm saying. I don't sleep much. Yes, right this guy is doing all of this. We have no reason to complain. He's driving all through the night to make it to matches, going to vet school, rodeos, kid, family, work. Like I shot a match in Washington the other day. Uh, well, not the other day. It was like it's the last one. I think it was like a month ago. Okay. Some of that. Or Montana, no Montana, then Washington, or then the next week Washington. It's nuts. But that, both those weekends, you just I just showed up for the match. I didn't get a side in. Just showed up on Saturday, shoot, then turn around, drive home Sunday night, and main class um, Monday morning. Oh my and lord! I'll be, in Mon- I'll be in class Monday morning again. All the way back to Utah. Yeah, all the way back. So as soon as the match is over tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be tight, but I'll make my flights. I, I know I'll make my flights. Delta is not cheap to change those day flights. No, it is not. So um, I'm thinking, like, I hope... The car's already going to be packed. Oh, yeah, everything. Like, I'll, tonight, we'll pack everything. I'll shower in the morning. But as soon as I as soon as soon I leave that, that hotel... That stage, yep. And then and when I get off the stage, if it's tight, I mean, I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it, it sucks a little bit because... Well, I'll they just take the che- I'll just take the check for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's that. what I figured. Somebody will send it to me. You know, they're gonna get it to me. I feel bad, you know, about pictures and stuff, but it kind of is what it is. I yeah. I don't have the. I wish I had the freedom in my lifestyle to be able to, <laughs> to stay. But it, I'm telling you, it's it's. Tight. It'll come one day, right? Yeah, one one day. That's why I'm going to school. You know, hopefully I got that, and then I can just call up and like call the clinic and say, ah, I'm not gonna make it in tomorrow. Exactly. Somebody else is gonna have to take my call. Awesome. Well, Morgan, I super appreciate you doing this oh, with yeah. me. I appreciate you, and burn it down tomorrow, all, all right? right? Yes, sir. All right. Thanks. Yep. Sweet. Now we have heard from King, Morgan King. And I will tell you that he did leave early, and he did make his flight, and we were all sad to see him go. But he did get two stage wins on Sunday, which was super cool. Um he thought he had a third, but I think he had, I think he just barely missed it, and uh, it was a good time though. Um, so that was Morgan King, and I know I talked a lot about like some visual cues in there, um, but mind you, I was doing all this for Facebook Live. So if you want to see it, you can go back to my Facebook page, and you can scroll through and search for AG Cup Morgan King, and it'll be there, and you can see the brush popper, what a brush popper is, and what he was wearing, and the logos that he had attached to it, and I think it's just pretty cool. Um, Now we're going to listen to a brief clip from Robert Brantley, who finished second at the AG Cup after battling against 42 competitors to come out second overall in the AG Cup and walk away with $11,000, um, $10,000 for second place, and then a $1,000 stage win. Stand by. Yeah, that 
Sweet. So here I am with the king, Robert Brantley. How did your day go? It was a pretty good day. Got to hang out with an old uh, school buddy of mine uh, throughout the match, introduced him to his uh, first match to see. That's who you were hanging out with mm -hmm. all weekend? Okay. Old okay. guitar picking buddy of mine and just got to hang out and, and shoot with a lot of other friends and it was a great weekend. So did you do anything special today? Uh, well, I finished second today, which was pretty awesome. Okay. Didn't keep in mind where I was at the whole time. Just, just shot my game and just, just focused on, you know, the next target and just had fun. Just laying it down. So we're here with the second place winner for the AG Cup. And you want a spicy little trophy there and a big old check. We won't tell the wife. I'm not going to tag you. Don't worry. Shh, don't tell anybody. But... <laughs> You, uh, you finished strong. Um, I was on the uh, stage nine where you, uh, you got 11 out of 12 hits out at the 800 and the 993 um, oh, yeah. from the tower. And I sat there and I watched it the whole time. And I was like, man, I want to tell him so bad that he took that stage. But I didn't want to mess with your game. I knew you had one more stage to shoot. So I was like, I'm just going just gonna to stop. I'm not going to say nothing. Don't want to throw him off this game. It was the hardest thing I had to do today. Well, I appreciate was that. Keep, was keeping my mouth shut because I wanted to be like, good job. You got $1,000. Like, keep it up. But, nope. I was cool, calm. I stayed quiet. and You stayed on the gun, and you were hammering it out. Um, your gun was hammering today. Um, every stage that you shot with me was, was super awesome. But, yeah, just, like, how did your day one and day two what did you learn there and then transition into day three? You said something about the leaderboard? Yeah, I, I kind of learned uh, some of the aspect of the mental game of this. I really don't put a lot of thought into that. I just enjoy shooting rifles, so I just keep, you know, I, it's, it's easy to go to the next stage because I, I know I'm going to have fun whether I score well or not. Uh, day one, I barely made the cut. Day two, I, uh, guy was telling me, you got to get a five. As long as you get a five, you'll make the cut. So I had that in my head. I never really did it for And I went up there and I choked. I felt that choke pressure and I uh, got a four on it and somehow still barely made the cut. And then day three, I said, you know, in my book, that's a win just getting there. So I'm just going to just go and shoot every stage and not care where I finish. And I had the whole thought of the leaderboard out of my head. Never care. And whenever I walked away, they told me I got second. I was just blown away. I had, had no idea. So That's super awesome. Well, Congratulations. Happy for you. Thank you, sir. We it's look forward honor. to seeing you again, working with you at the next match, wherever that may be. Well, hopefully here uh, in a month and then the finale. There you go. All right, because you're shooting the MPA down here? I'm going to try to if I can get in it. Okay. Well, we know a guy, right? I've heard of him. <laughs> we, we heard of him, right? All right. Well, you go enjoy some of the rest of that pig and, and walk that, take that trophy for a walk. Thanks, bud. I appreciate right. you, man. Take it easy. So that was the King Robert Brantley talking about his second place finish at the AG Cup for 2020 and not paying attention to the leaderboard, hanging out with good friends, school friends, guitar picking buddies, and just burning it down and then getting ready for the MPA match, which was coincidentally this weekend at the re the recording of this podcast, and then getting ready for the finale. So our last interview is with Amy Lynn Truitt of Foundation Stocks. I am currently drinking a whiskey and coke out of a Foundation Stocks cup. Thank you very much, Truitt's. Whiskey is my foundation tonight. What's your foundation? My 
got, this is Amy Lynn Truitt. How does it feel to have two of your sponsored shooters on the podium at the 2020 AG Cup? Um, humbling, and I, we're just so thrilled. Very fortunate and blessed. Uh, Austin did an incredible job. We, uh, we were able to know after even just seven hits in his last stage that he was going to come home with the win, so that was incredible. I screamed. I, I, it was just awesome. And then Tate won the shootout, and it was just it was an awesome day. Very, so you very guys took first and third. First and third, and lots of stage wins. And so. lots of stage wins. So... I say you're relatively new. I don't know everything about the precision world, but you guys have been around for what, three years? Uh, about five. Five? I was really close, guys. Okay. Give me a break. We're still very new, very young company. Very young company. To go from making a product to being the one of the main components of the build that won this cup. How does... Like having your having your shooters on stage winning is one thing, but like from a company standpoint, having your product up there, how how's that feel? It's just it's just a blessing. I we uh, we're very fortunate from the get go to have the right people um, uh, be willing to run our shocks at the right time, and they saw the difference that that, that it made, and uh, um, just saw what what the difference of the deadening of the recoil and just how solid it was and um, hence foundation anyways, what's your foundation yes uh, mine's foundation coffee cup every the, morning there we go anyways being able to see the difference and then being able to have those testimonies that they that they were willing to stand behind was huge for us uh, after we introduced our stock and um, at the 2016 finale um, at the by the end of 2016 we had the number one shooter in the nation and the next year the number one shooter the next year the number one shooter so um, it's been it's been so such a blessing. We're very fortunate. So. That's awesome. Do you guys have any sneak peeks coming in the future? Possibly. Uh, we have a few things in the in the background that we're trying to work on. Uh, still some programming and hashing out and trial and error. So we're we'll hopefully getting some new new things down the line soon. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure oh, hanging you, out guys. with you, you so and much. the kids. And they're, Mark, a they're a ruckus. They're a ruckus. Like there wasn't a single one of them that didn't have mud on them at some point this weekend, oh, and it was hilarious. I mean, Friday they were playing in the freezing cold it mud was puddle. So cold, and they were solid mud. Bigger, bigger children than me because there ain't no way I'm getting in cold oh, no. water. It was cold water. And it was living freezing. in it. It was. I can't even believe it. Well, but, we we wanted to be. For us as a family, we have to travel a lot more to be together. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and so we have made it a priority to do that with our kids for the last several years. And then even even with how we planned having our shop, our shop's at our house. We have a cattle path going from our house to our shop. We want it to be able to, um, John Kyle and me both, to be present with our kids and be able to do it together as a family. So. That's awesome. One day I'm going to have to get up there and, like, do a shop tour. Yes, please come visit us. Absolutely. Plus, that part of the country is beautiful that nobody knows about okay. yet so it's the hidden hidden gem hidden gem all right well thank you very much for thank your time you and we'll see you the rest of the night thanks guys all right that's it that's all the interviews that i got i uh, appreciate you guys joining me tonight on this recording of another gd podcast i have been your host guy demarco you can find us on all of your major streaming networks, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Podbean, all that fun jazz. If you like the podcast, please give us a like, give us a share. We appreciate five stars, but if you think I suck, 
you can give me a one as well. That's fine. But give us a review as well. That's how our podcast gets spread and shared throughout the interwebs is by your guys' interactions and user reviews. So please, please, please give a like, a follow, and a share, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to follow me on social, it's at HotGDRod on Instagram at uh, facebook.com forward slash guy dot DeMarco. Um, God, I think that's it. If you have questions or you can think of a guest that you want on the show, you can always shoot me an email at guy.demarco.84 at gmail.com. Um, you know, I usually always got my phone on me because that's how I monitor my kids' blood sugar. But yeah, um, the one thing I didn't cover is the the minions here at the house. They're doing good. And the craziness that I was talking about earlier is all of the therapy that they are getting now. So since how both boys are level three autistic, we now have therapy five days a week, multiple times a day for each individual boy with different therapists. So our house, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get a general contractor and put a revolving door at the front of the house for the revolving door of therapists to come in and out uh, of the house. So it's just literally a madhouse. And the, the wife is like the rock that keeps this crazy machine going between my ADHD and job and this and that and ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, I don't know how she does it on top of having her own business and doing all that craziness. If you guys need photos in the Northwest Florida, uh, panhandle Destin area. Check out APD Photography and Media. Um, she's got a Facebook page, APD Photography and Media, a website, APDPhotography2012.com. Um, uh, Roxy underscore the underscore rescue on Instagram, as well as APD photography and media on Instagram as well, I believe. Um, I probably messed all those up too, and I'll probably hear about it, but it's all right. Um, if you need photos taken, hit her up. She's really good. And plus it feeds my firearms addiction, but that's all folks. That's all I got. So, uh, we out later.